Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a narrative coach, a communications coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, the Sage Sayers unpacks communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift, the opportunity, and even some knowledge in life's inevitable challenges. Season 3, Episode 22. Why cold calls and follow-up don't bother me. Many of us dread cold calling and following up with folks, especially when we want or need something from them. We can feel in these delicate moments that we're a bother or demanding or even desperate when none of the above's normally true. I'm convinced our inner judge plays a role here. That critical inner voice, after all, wants to protect us from humiliation, rejection or loss of reputation to our integrity or personal brand. And yet, if we really need something from our audience then follow-up's pretty vital. Job seekers, salespeople, and journalists must do this all the time. When reporting on business and social trends for global media, 30% of my job required reaching audiences. So how do we dance here? What's our move? And how might mental fitness and clear, compelling communications play a role? That's this week's offering, Five ways I've almost always gotten through to those I'm needing an answer from, the role journalistic language and approaches can play, and some helpful, even fun framings to play with. Number one, trust that without a no, it's still maybe, or they never read your note. I've never read silence as no, because I've learned from my business reporter years that most folks don't get the request in the first place. When pitching newsy stories to editors at the Financial Times of London, The Economist, and or for The Guardian, and when reaching out to experts once the article got assigned, I found audiences are busy, and the more powerful, the busier they are. Gatekeepers to emails and voicemails exist and may not share your outreach in the first place. Email inboxes get flooded. Most executives can receive a thousand plus in a day. TV newsrooms, to whom I pitched multiple news story pitches as a publicist, get 2.5 thousand pitches daily. I know because they told me once I got through. Deadline-driven professions, meanwhile, like journalism, mean that blackout periods exist while the newspaper or the magazine publishes. So while the silence may feel jarring, manage your inner judge. Don't assume your audience dislikes you or your message. They may well have not read it or have other more pressing deadlines or things on their mind. Tip and tactic number two. Try multiple, unrelenting methods for making contact. I've also learned over the years the power of a five-pronged approach when getting through 
and I never stop until I get that hard yes or no. Here's my hardcore system I've used and modified for years. Start with an email and use that subject line strategically with the ask for your audience within. For instance, seeking a yes or no on pitch for X story or yes or no to hiring me question mark. Curious minds want to know exclamation mark. Call the main desk to get the voicemail and leave a one minute follow up. Text in one to two sentences what you want if you have their cell number. Leave a pithy voice note and inflect well to emphasize key ideas and any deadline for your request. Move to LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram if their business has that kind of page. Use the video chat function to state within 60 seconds, I mean, what you need or want. And this becomes an excellent way to practice bottom lining. Call someone who sits beside or behind this person or near them at least and ask them to deliver your message or ensure they've read it. I'm serious. I've done this often when pitching US-based news to my editors in London. I'd call the editorial assistant or a fellow reporter or a fellow peer editor to my editor, tell them of my time-sensitive pitch, and if they agreed on the urgency, they'd ensure my editor read it. This actually works. My editor in all of these instances said yes to the pitch and felt grateful I'd tried so hard. Otherwise, they would have missed it. Snail mail it. Even send handwritten notes or gifts, and this helps tremendously for building new clients or trying to win that job. I won a favorite job early in my career, a news internship with the San Francisco Bureau of the Financial Times of London. Through emailing, calling, and sending handwritten cards to the bureau chief who I'd met at UC Berkeley, where I worked towards my master's degree in journalism. After that first meet, after his presentation, I'd update him of my progress until he chose me to join their team. He'd write back, we haven't forgotten you, Debbie. We're working out the details and we will circle back. I cried with excitement and relief when the offer eventually came in. Tactic three, know your audience and their wants and their schedules. These above examples also remind me of another way that I've always processed and viewed follow-up. I knew and know today that the efforts serve me and them, which reduces and always reduced any inner judgmental chatter about me bothering them or badgering or hindering their day. You see, my editors needed and wanted their correspondence to keep them in the loop of global news stories bubbling in our neighborhoods. Without us, they had no clue. Bureau chiefs or newsrooms struggle to find interns who fit. Intuition had told me that I'd fit in great with the FT of London San Francisco team, and I did. I had amazing success there with stories reaching the front page. It also served me and my editors to know their rhythm of when they check emails for news pitches and how they want to receive them. I learned from calling the editorial assistant when the magazine would go to bed, when it publishes, by that I mean, and when the editors tend to lay out the news stories for the following week. This insight helped me time my pitches appropriately. So, for instance, if the magazine publishes Thursday night, I knew the layout for the following week would happen Friday morning. 
Therefore, I sent my pitches late Thursday night my time so that the pitch would await my editor alongside their coffee Friday morning London time. Tactic four, let your instincts guide you. If you're a job seeker or really wanting a client to say yes to you and your services and know in your heart that you're the perfect candidate or contractor to work with, then your sage has spoken. Let it guide you to action and to bravery versus feel trapped in fear. A short story illustrates. I wrote for Newsweek magazine many years ago in the My Term column. It's a lovely essay section in this once highly popular and prestigious weekly magazine. I felt in my heart of hearts that my pitch was unusual and timely. New Zealand that week celebrated 100 years since the first flight of Richard Pierce, our pioneer aviator. And as I was a descendant of Pierce, I am his great-great-niece, I wrote on how America ought to celebrate all alternative claims to first flight that year, not just a hundred years since the Wright brothers. You can imagine my shock when nobody wrote back. It's really a great concept, I thought, and one that only I could write. When I called the newsroom, convinced the columns editor hadn't read it yet, she had not. I gave my elevator pitch on my concept in a sentence or so, sold her, She found the email and on the phone with me, promised to read, and then called me back. One hour later, I got the yes. The essay published and became hugely helpful for my journalism and went across the globe with three million copies. I was thrilled. Last tactic. Keep your language memorable and brief. I love versus dread follow-up and outreach because this creative exercise challenges brief and memorable messaging. Your subject line must read like a tweet. Your voice note gets 60 seconds, as does the video function note on LinkedIn, which I've used a lot, by the way, for new client outreach or for follow-up. Within that, you must keep your bottom line on top. Here's who I am and what I want you to do or know about me. Stay enthused and compelling with great energy. Be you. Corporate speak in these moments hinders versus helps us. Show that you understand what they need and that you know you're one of many writing. And here lie some small phrases which might spark something within you. I've used these or my clients have used these kind of phrases and with stunning results. Here's one. I realized you've received thousands of pictures this week. Mine's the only one tackling a global aviation history news story your readers will want to know about. New Zealand celebrating 100 years since first flight through its pioneer aviator, Richard Pierce. I'm his great-great-niece. Here's another. I notice your team of X has Y skills, but not skills in Z which you've told XYZ Media this week, are vital to our industry. I'd love to help you shift that. Here's another. I see your job posting on LinkedIn and have everything you need and more. Here's my profile. Do you agree? If so, please send me to your hiring manager. I believe in your mission and can see me working for you, taking you and your teams to new exciting heights. Let's go. 
And here's another. I know I can teach your students in unique ways because of my journalistic background and approach. I've also read your delightful book and really want to work for you. Join me for a coffee so I can hear more about your fascinating background and share a little of mine. There's a real vulnerability in outreach, and yet I trust that audiences like us to stand out versus blend in, and most appreciate us staying persistent, honest, brief, and direct. My clients who try bold things with me always yield results, even if it's a referral to someone helpful. So try things out and fret not about what others think. It's just another message. And every action builds a muscle and resilience. Let's go. You've been listening to DG McCullough with The Sage Sayers, a podcast on business communications and mental fitness, finding the sage approach to life's challenges. If you'd like to coach and train with me on any communication or life challenge, visit my website, hangingrockcoaching.com or find me on LinkedIn with the hashtag bravecommunicators. Both links you'll find within the show notes. I want to thank my producer, Doton, for his elegant edits, making these episodes beautiful in ways far beyond my skills. You can find Doton on Fiverr under Titan32. And thank you to my coaches all over the globe who spark creative ideas for each episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.